Welcome to the Quadrant Podcast for Monday, the 6th of March. First up, Chris Rock destroys Will Smith, fake woke corporations in new Netflix special. Saturday night, there was, I think, kind of a first of its time or first of its kind event, a live Netflix stand-up special uh, featuring, well, Chris Rock and there were some other people, I guess, on stage, or I, I think. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen the clips flying around the internet. And uh, I see the way the critics are reacting to it. You see the audience giving it an 84% currently with critics pretty much ignoring it. The fact that there's only 10 reviews on a Chris Rock uh, stand-up special, that's extremely odd. Here's why, this is, here's what that kind of means. These critics, if they don't like it, now they're opting out of reviewing it. As opposed to, uh, as, as opposed to um, reviewing it getting a negative, uh, giving a negative review, they don't give it any pub, they ignore it. And why? Well, you know, the special is called Selective Outrage. So maybe the, you know, the mainstream media is not liking that. You see this, nobody is picking on this B word, Rock said, as he continued to bully Jada Pinkett Smith instead of Will Smith. He too is all about the selective outrage. You see Dan Feinberg, Rock is a provocateur, darn it. Nothing in selective outrage raised my hackles. I did not even semi-hackles. My hackles were flaccid. Ed Power says selective outrage is selectively funny at bust and only comes fully to life as the final curtain beckons. I'm guessing, you know, the end was a strong finish. He's a crotchety. He's mean. He's predictable and boring. This is because obviously a lot of these critics took it personally. For Chris Rock, Saturday night felt like his very own Independence Day. During his hysterical Netflix special, Selective Outrage, now this is how the right wing is covering it, uh, he finally let it rip in front of a surely huge at-home audience about the infamous Oscars incident with Will Smith. A brilliant rock pummeled Smith harder than the movie star did to the alien in the 96 movie, and to that while rock himself at the Academy Awards. Everyone called that man a B, Rock said of the 58-year-old in top form. He said the media's reaction to Smith's well-reported marital problems in the lead-up to the Oscars. And who'd he hit? Me. A dude that he knows he could beat. That's some (laughs) B-ass. Oh, I said it. Shoot. Uh, Some (laughs) B-A-S. However, there was a... uh, And this through line of Rock's material all night, he refused to give in to our 2023 culture of perpetual victimhood. Right now we live in a world where emergency room is filled of MFers with paper cuts, he said. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. You're never going to see it. It's not going to happen. I can't believe it. I loved Men in Black. Rock mockingly whimpered. No F that S. I took a hit, the hit like Pacquiao. <laughs> well, Rock devoted his final 10 minutes to the Smith scandal. The first hour blatantly tore, uh, tore into touchy topics such as performative wokeness, and Meghan Markle. The comic nimbly eviscerated Prince Harry's wife, never ending, her never-ending outrage over the British royals, and alleged issues with race. She's in the royal family, he said. You didn't Google these MFers? Who the F is she talking about? Did she not know? He went on, that's like marrying the Budweiser family and going, they drink a lot. 
As for allegations about a particular member of the royal family inquiring about Markle's first baby Archie would look like, that's not racist, Rock insisted, because even black people want to know how brown the baby's going to be. Some of Rock's most vicious and ingenious material was targeted at what he dubbed selective outrage for a society's tendency to pick and choose whom to cancel for committing roughly the same acts. This is why the media probably really disliked it. One person does something, they get canceled. Another person does the exact same thing. He said he's enraged by the kind of people who play Michael Jackson songs but won't play R. Kelly. Same crime, just one of them got better songs. Rock's also fed up with corporate brands taking empty stances on major issues to score wokeness points. He said he saw a sign at the Athletisher clothes, our store, Lululemon, decrying racism and hatred. Who gives an F, he said. You're just selling yoga pants. Absolutely love it. Like, literally, you know, it, it takes somebody like Chris Rock, somebody with a big name, a big following, to call this kind of stuff out. I mean, we've been talking about this on YouTube for years. But then the Smith section everyone was waiting for. You could feel Rock's already nuclear energy double as he insisted that the King Richard star anger was totally unrelated to anything the comic ever did. Everyone knows that I didn't have anything to do with that stuff, suggesting Will's wife, Jada Pickett Smith's well-known affair with her son's Jaden friend, was the root of Smith's angst towards him. For people that don't know, everybody knows. His wife was effing his son's friend. Like, oof. It's, yes, everyone knows this, but yikes. Uh, he said, now, I normally wouldn't talk about this stuff, but for some reason, these ends <laughs> put that stuff on the internet. I had no idea why two talented people would do something that low down. He's talking about um, the doing this weird interview uh, where on the red table, and uh, he he, he sh she's like interviewing Will about cheating on him. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. Like him getting like literally cucked, and a lot of the lines like, um, you know, I can't even play any of it because it's just nonstop f words or n words, but like. That's that's Chris Rock's stand-up. You know, audience, you know, it, it's it's like, I got smacked at the effing Oscars by this MFR, and people are like, did it hurt? It still hurts. I got summertime ringing in my effing eardrums, but I'm not a victim. You'll never see me on this or that. He noted that Will Smith is significantly bigger than me, but we aren't the same size. <laughs> Will Smith does most of his moves with his shirt off. You never see me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm getting a movie... Getting open heart surgery, I'm in a sweater. Will Smith played Muhammad Ali and all this kind of stuff. Will Smith practices selective outrage because everyone knows what happened. Everyone really knows I didn't have anything to do with that. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, that is, uh, we've all been cheated on. He says, everyone in here has been cheated on. None of us have been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. Like, hey, I was sucking someone else's D. How'd that make you feel? Why the F would you do that, he asked, referring to the sit-down interview Jada gave Will back in 2020. She hurt him way more than he hurt me, Rock insisted, noting that following the slap, everybody in the world call, was calling him a, the B-word. You know, of course. Um, you, know, I, you know, I love Will Smith my whole life. I love this man. I watch him open up for Run DMC. 
Nassau Coliseum. I've rooted for Will Smith my whole life, and now I'm going to watch Emancipation just to see him get whooped. Got, got me rooting for M- M- Massa. A lot of people are like, Chris, why didn't you do anything back? Because I got parents, that's why. Because I was raised, he concluded. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. I mean, that's, you know, the, the whole thing um, was absolutely, you know, the clips, absolutely spectacular takedown, you know, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, to see these people coming out and seeing um, and really putting out there, hey, this stuff is performative. It doesn't really change anything. Somebody selling overpriced yoga, pan- yoga pants isn't really fighting racism. They're using it to sell people stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, the more, if anybody else covers it. I mean, it was pretty masterful. It's interesting to see how the left covered it as like boring and blah, blah, and mean uh, and the rights covering it as like this brilliant takedown of wokeness, both sides with their own biases. But obviously, um, you know, I think Chris probably got the last laugh here. Uh, and he had some poignant things to say about performative wokeness and corporate wokeness. And, um, and it's probably worth giving a watch. I'll probably watch it later tonight. Looking forward to it. And next up today, Dr. Anthony Fauci is finally caught red-handed some wild news coming out of uh well some emails apparently um that mr uh anthony saint anthony uh had commissioned in essentially if i'm understanding this right i might not be a study uh to essentially disprove uh the uh, theory that we all know is, uh, at, at least according to several government agencies, exactly what happened. Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned and edited the report he cited to disprove the leak theory. To disprove it, he paid for the paid for a study to you know essentially uh, back up what he wanted to say, and then used it. Like, this is absolutely insane. Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned a February 2020 paper to disprove the possibility, of course, of the origination of the COOF before then publicizing that very same study at a White House news conference weeks later. Newly released emails uncovered by House Republicans probing the lockdowns show the former head of National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases both commissioned and had final approval on a scientific paper in which it claimed it was improbable that it could have leaked out. I don't think anybody, you know, I think improbable is probably a, like, yeah, it should be if they have all the safety precautions in place. This type of thing is supposed to be improbable, but that does not mean it didn't happen. Why were you commissioning these studies to back up what you just what you wanted people to think? It was just a few weeks later that he stood next to then President Donald Trump at a press conference and cited that very paper as evidence that the idea was implausible without ever admitting that he commissioned it in the first place. I think that's a ladies and gentlemen, we got a moment. Leave a like on this video. If you can, if you haven't yet, please do subscribe down below. This is insanity. 
Many media outlets then started, started to dismiss the idea, only to later suggest that it was, in fact, possible as new evidence arose supporting the claim. And then in January, the Department of Energy and the FBI both concluded that it was likely a leak. The CIA is yet to declare a definitive position. The bombshell emails released by the House Republicans on Sunday show that Fauci commissioned an edited paper entitled The Proximal, the Proximal, Proximal uh, Origin of the Coup before he cited it as evidence that the coup did not originate there. It was written just four days after Fauci and his NIH boss, Francis Collins, held a call with the authors to discuss reports that the coup may have, in fact, leaked from a testing lab in Wuhan and may have been intentionally genetically manipulated. Now, remember the Pfizer whistleblower that we saw who uh, was saying that, alleging that Pfizer was like mutating things so that they could then sell the American people the solution to uh, any potential new mutations. The emails, Dr. Kristen Anderson admits that Fauci prompted him to write the paper with the goal of disproving the, the theory. Is that, does that sound like science to you? The, the, this is insane. This is science TM. This is not follow this. This is the guy, Mr. Follow the Science, calling up people and saying, hey, I got this conclusion. I need you to fill in the gap and, and so I can use it. The paper was prompted by Jeremy Farrer and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins. The letter sent by Scripps Research on his behalf insisted that Anderson objectively researched the origins of the coup and claimed that Fauci did not influence his work but the report from House Republicans say, according to the previously released emails, the assertion is demonstrably false. It points to a February 8th, 2020 email in which the doctor said, our main work over the past couple of weeks has been focused on trying to disprove any type of leak theory. Why? Why is that what you were working on? Maybe you should have been figuring out that people need a vitamin D. Others also apparently worked to ensure the paper strongly dismissed the idea. Farrer, who was the then head of the British nonprofit, the Wellcome Trust, which has historic ties to the pharmaceutical industry, is now the chief scientist at, wait for it, this gets so good, the World Health Organization. They tried to then push through an edit, replacing the word unlikely to improbable in a statement about the possibility of a potential leak. Under the changes, a sentence in the report read, it is improbable that it happened, but not unlikely. Still, even with the edits, Collins emailed Fauci, Fauci expressing dismay that the proximal origin, which, saw the, the, uh, which they saw prior to the publication and were given the opportunity to edit, did not squash the, the leak theory hypothesis and asked if the NIH could do more to put down the lab. Why were they working so hard to get people to stop talking about this? You know, what's interesting to me as somebody who, you know, had it <laughs> several times, like at this point, it's out there. Everyone's got, you know, everyone's getting it. It's out there, right? 
Maybe focus on handling that rather than running damage control for China? The next day, Dr. Fauci cited the proximal origin from the White House podium when asked if it had potentially leaked. He said at the time, there was a study recently where a group of highly qualified evolutionary uh, viral virologists looked at the sequence uh, and blah, blah, blah. So the paper will be available, Fauci continued. I don't have the authors right now, but we can make it available to you. You mean the, the paper that you paid for? The paper that you commissioned? I mean, this is a crime. Ted Cruz recently told the Conservative Political Action Conference, oh, told the CPAC, that Fauci ought to be prosecuted for allegedly lying about origins. Speaking about the leak, he said, for two years, that was derided as a conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat-wearing nutty theory, and you weren't even allowed to say it or you get banned on social media. The report comes just months after another bombshell Senate report found out that the coup was also the most likely result of a leak. GOP members of the Senate Committee of the Health Foundation, Labor, and Pensions reviewed hundreds of studies on the origins over the past 15 months. Writing in the report, they conclude, quote, Based on the analysis of the publicly available information, it appears reasonable to conclude that the coup was, more likely than not, the result of a research-related incident. Nearly three years after the pandemic began, critical evidence that would prove the emergence of the coup was, uh, was still missing. I mean, like, this is insane. The federal audit looked at taxpayer-funded research giants awarded to the now-notorious EcoHealth Alliance run by British scientist Peter Daszak. They found that National Institute of Health and EcoHealth failed to understand the nature of the research conducted, identify potential problem areas, and take corrective action. With improved oversight, NIH may have been able to take a more time, timely corrective actions to mitigate inherent risks associated with this type of research, the report added. Government auditors said three awards given by EcoHealth involved viruses with wide-scale potential. May 27, 2014, an award of $3.7 million to that very notorious lab in China was at the center of the leak theory. I mean, like, are we, I mean, this is, I mean, how is this guy not getting convicted? New emails show Dr. Fauci commissioned scientific paper in February 2020 to disprove it. He's like, hey, I don't need to know what's actually the case. That's, this is antithetical to science. It's not about what is the case. He's literally saying, no, no, this is what we need to do. Disprove it. As if he knew. Or as if somebody was worried about a bad reputational uh, PR hit for China or something like that. The idea they didn't know the author. They, that he, he completely glossed over the fact that he asked for this thing to be created. Ab absolute, absolute criminal. Absolutely. And then, and you know, now we're only just finding out. And just think about what it's going to be in like 10 years when we find out the real truth of everything. And next up, Russell Brand torches lying journo on Bill Maher. MSNBC clown nearly in tears and has a total meltdown. Over the weekend, Russell Brand unleashed perhaps the best all-time off-the-cuff rant I've ever seen. Uh, absolutely 
destroying mainstream media, in particular, this particular case, in, in this particular case, MSNBC, but he was speaking about mainstream media in general. The diatribe was so effective, it went viral, it's been viewed tens and tens and tens of millions of times. And it's starting to kind of make sense. People are waking up to the mainstream media's garbage. Russell Brand's rant about MSNBC and Rachel Maddow goes viral. A clip of histrionic Russell Brand on the real time with Bill Maher went viral on Saturday in which the comedian who owns multi, multi, multi-million dollar homes accused political analyst and fellow guest Jen, John Heilman of hypocrisy for criticizing Fox News within the castle of MSNBC. So in the very first paragraph, of course, this is the Daily Beast, you see them poisoning the well as if to suggest that Russell Brand owning, having, you know, being financially secure somehow makes his opinion less valid. In the two-minute clip, a shouting brand maintained that MSNBC was fundamentally no different than Fox News. All this, he loudly insisted, contrasts with real journalism of the national security agent consultant turned Russian defector Edward Snowden and Julian Assange. Of course, they say he's a RT host, Julian Assange. I mean, he's Russell Brand. It's disingenuous to claim that the biases are exhibited on Fox News are any different than those on MSNBC. See, I, I, I don't really see any. I, there's, that's not a that's a non-controversial thing to say. "Quote: I've been on MSNBC, mate. It's propaganda." John Heimel, you've been on MSNBC once. Big effing deal. Talking over Heilman's attempt to answer his criticism, Brand asserted that both channels are merely mouthpieces for the affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard, aiming a pair of controversial investment firms just spiritually mate if i may use that word in your great country well i'm gonna you know show that i'll show a little bit of the clip because it's really good but i also don't want to get claimed or whatever we have to take responsibility from our own perspectives brand said citing his own infamous appearance on the channel's morning joe program a decade ago as evidence heilman and the mayor uh, amar finally managed to cut in on brand with the host of Recount founder telling get him on telling him uh, telling that get him to the Greek star that he was engaging in false equivalency. You don't know actually anything about these organizations you're talking about, said Heilman. You on MS you went on MSNBC once, big effing deal. Press to provide evidence that MSNBC has ever engaged in comparable practices to Fox House's amplification of various conspiracies. They knew to be false. Brand decried the liberal network's ludicrous, outrageous treatment of podcaster Joe Rogan's promotion of, a pi- of that pill that he took, deliberately referring, referring to it as horse medicine when they knew it was, med- you know, it was an effective medicine, said Brand. Studies have repeatedly shown that blah, 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 blah. Again, even if you disagree or whatever, I mean, what about like CNN yellowing his face, making him <laughs> look like he was sicker than he really was? That is propaganda. Uh, Rolling Stone writing an article uh, with no sources saying that, you know, hospital waiting rooms are jam-packed with people who are taking apple-flavored horse paste. That is propaganda. They knew that they didn't bother to verify any part of that story. They just ran it anyway. Louder with Crowder covered it, writing, Russell Brand is back with another epic rant. This time he confronted journalists about their own network, and it was glorious. Brand made the comments to John Heilman on Real Time with Bill Maher. Heilman is a journalist for NBC and MSNBC. Brand came in hot, explaining 
uh, this kind of stuff. I'll show a little bit of it. John, I've not known you long, but I love you already. But I have to say that it's, it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as... It's absolutely true. Fox News has bias. Of course they do. So does MSNBC and so does CNN. You'd have to be an absolute moron to... I mean, even people who watch CNN must know that CNN has a liberal bias, right? Is anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard? And, and unless we start to embrace, and, and also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great mm -hmm. country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah. mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. on there. Having, you, I went on the show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried Good on. Morning Joe. Yes. Yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was. Right. Russell, Russell, darling, um, the moment that you give me a specific example, an actual example. Okay, I'll give you oh, one. Right, just wait, just wait. Yeah, right. They always ask for examples, and then he, he absolutely loses his mind. He freaks out when he's like, oh, crap, he's got one loaded up. Specific example. I'm just basic okay. part. Give me a specific I, I, example. I, 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 all right, all right. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's not about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't <clears> actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC once. Big fucking deal. My darling, you, it was more than enough. You can't come up with such a You don't have a single, you have a single actual no. fact. Do you want an example? Do yeah, you want an example? Yes. The ludicrous, outrageous mm. criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective medicine. Yeah, that, that's what not a Rachel Maddow turning up on the. That's a perfectly fine example. He didn't like that he had that one loaded up, did he? He had a perfectly fine example of them, knowingly. You know, if they were so sure, uh, you know, in their facts, then why did they discolor his face? He could just, do you think you can improve America by determinately and uh, avowedly condemning Fox News without knowledge that you're participating in the exact same game? Heilman was not having it, and he seemed to take Brand's comments pretty personally. He even called him darling, so there was some serious tension there. Um, you know, he added, of course, other examples. Lauderdale Carter added, like the Russiagate conspiracy that Rachel Maddow peddled for years. I imagine they'd have to keep her locked in her dressing room over at MSNBC so she doesn't venture outside and accidentally see a newspaper about the Mueller report. These that might have been the darkest of her time. I mean, MSNBC was caught in all sorts of things, and you know, for uh, 11.9 million people to see this video. It's a thing of beauty. I mean, it's, you know, it's so obvious, um, you know, that he doesn't like being called out at all. And, you know, mainstream media in general, uh, I, I don't believe is concerned with the truth as much as they are concerned with their truth. That's a very big difference. You know, the idea that there's the truth and then there's, their truth, which is in their mind, the exact same thing. They'll completely uh, uh, ignore contradictory facts, in my opinion, uh, and push whatever story they want to start. I mean, how long have they been telling us Marussia? Remember all these news articles ran the, uh, the, the P dossier? The, I'm sorry, the Steele dossier. 
all these people, all this stuff that they just knowingly said about Trump. And it was like, they do just enough. They do just enough so that they don't get sued in some cases. Look at the things that they all said about Kyle. Blatant lies about crossing state lines and the fact that he was, you know, wasn't defending that he was, you know, an evil human being. The things that they ignored about the men who tried to take his life. We saw all of this on mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, M you know, MSN, whatever. They're all, they all deliberately look what they did to the um, the the Covington Catholic boys. I mean, how many obvious, you know, things that we've all seen, like the fact that the Daily Beast is trying to come out here and uh, run interference for them should automatically tell you exactly which side they're on. You know, these news corporations all take a lot of money from drug companies too, don't they? A lot, including Fox News, right? Including Fox News. And certainly... There may not be a, a, you know, a, a letter that says, here, you say this, you say that, but you don't need that. You know what you can and can't say. You know what will be damaging to sponsors. And I'm not saying everybody on Fox or MSNBC, that maybe they're not all bad, but many of them are. And many of them would sacrifice the truth for a bigger paycheck in a heartbeat. And that's why more people are turning to YouTube and Substack and Twitter and all these other places to get their reporting. And I think it's absolutely a great thing. And next up, the Daily Wire expertly capitalizes on woke Hershey's ad making millions in hours. You know what? Sometimes you gotta give it up. And, uh, you know, everyone knows that uh, I'm but a humble bean merchant, uh, a, a bit of a salesman myself. But you've gotta give some real credit to, first of all, Daily Wire and their fast-acting, uh, extremely profitable uh, grift, and I say that lovingly, off of, uh, off of um, the Hershey's hullabaloo, but also Hershey's has responded. So uh, let's, let's take a look at what Hershey's had to say. Hershey's responds to backlash over Women's Day campaign featuring a biological male. Hershey has responded to the backlash of the decision to highlight the work of a biological male as part of its International Women's Day promotion, saying that the inclusive campaign recognizes the strength in diversity, essentially doubling down. Critics first began calling for a Hershey boycott last week after Hershey's Canada announced the release of its limited edition chocolate bars featuring the likeness of five Canadian women building uh, to working to build a better future through passion activism and their working communities. Among the five is a biological male named Faye Johnston, um, uh, honored to be featured in the campaign by Hershey's Canada for hashtag International Women's Day. Alongside four brilliant sisters and change makers, Johnson wrote on Twitter shortly before the campaign was announced. Many Twitter users responding to Johnson's tweet were congratulatory, sharing a message of support for their efforts towards trans inclusivity and representation. Others, meanwhile, claim they would no longer support Hershey's because of Johnstone's inclusion in the campaign. Well, I don't think it's necessarily just about like her inclusion in it, as much as it's, um, you know, the disrespect for biological women. 
Amy Kramer, Kremer, co-founder of Women for Trump, claimed the campaign was disgusting and called for a boycott of Hershey's chocolate. Others, critics, many of whom identified as conservative in their Twitter biographies, appeared to claim that they too would be giving up the company's products in response to the inclusion. Some allege that the campaign was offensive to women in general, despite Johnson identifying as a woman herself. Well, you're not you're not a biological woman, though. I mean, if you want to change the day to international anyone who identifies as a woman day, I suppose you could do that. It'd be a little bit longer hashtag. Um, so to, hockey. Hockey. We're puppy sitting, and I just heard I just heard the dog bark downstairs. Um, Hershey Canada has since responded to the backlash and the company values togetherness and recognizes the strength created by diversity. Over the past three years, our Women's History Month programming has been inclusive, celebration of women and their impact. We appreciate the countless people and meaningful partnerships behind these efforts, the company wrote via Instagram. They also shared the same statement uh, through email. You can see a lot of the comments not going well, receiving just 400 likes. Sugar's bad for you. No thanks. This is outrageous. Never buying Hershey's again. I mean, you just, I mean, this is, of course, what happens anytime you double down. I mean, it's just not a good thing. Uh, but seizing the opportunity, again, credit where credit is due to Jeremy Boring and the team over at Daily Wire, uh, kind of using their, their same methodology as they did for his razors, which I don't know how successful it is or isn't. Uh, in this particular case, we do know how successful this has been. And Daily Wire made millions of dollars. Well, they, they grossed millions of dollars. They also expertly built their email lists that they can sell these people razors down the line. Just all around perfect execution, uh, promotion, uh, and fast acting. National Women's He's Day is upon us again. And I love an international woman. But our friends over at Hershey's, they don't even know what a woman is. They've hired a biological male to be the spokesperson for their Women's Day campaign. And they're calling that campaign, and I swear I'm not making this up, her she. Her she. It's humiliating. And it's the reason that I'm launching Jeremy's Chocolate. We have two kinds. She, her, and he, him. One of them's got nuts. If you need me to tell you which one it is, Keep giving your money to Hershey's. But if you're tired of I mean, it's just good. It's good. And in 36 hours, in 36 hours, they sold more than 300,000 chocolate bars. More than 300,000 chocolate bars. I think they got rid of, they got too many people buying one packs. So I think they got rid of all the single packs. So now all you can do is buy a four pack uh, for about what? Six, six bucks each, $6 per chocolate bar. It's obviously very expensive. However, uh, you know, it's a novelty. You know, I don't think they're going to be into selling chocolate bars forever. Uh, you put it on your shelf, you know, you have it, you have it, you know, it's a goof. It's a gaff. Jeremy's chocolate, the new business. Oh, plus, you know, they don't have the suppliers that Hershey's does and all that kind of stuff. Um, the new business line founded by Daily Wire co-CEO Jeremy Boring in response to a woke stunt by Hershey's has sold 300,000 non-woke candy bars. Just to do some back of the napkin math, 
at at five bucks each, that'd be one point five million dollars in sales in thirty six hours. At six bucks each, that's one point eight million dollars in sales. The chocolate bars, which come in, I mean, just like wow, just this makes me really want to do uh, <laughs> like this is the these are the times when it'd be it'd be nice to have coffee brand coffee not remaining apolitical, but I must remain. I must stick to my principles there. Of course, the chocolate bars coming in two varieties were created after Hershey rolled out their International Women's Day marketing campaign that featured a biological man who identifies as a woman as one of its spokespersons. Fine, I'll do it. Boring tweeted, introducing Jeremy's chocolate. Yes, it's real. We have two kinds, he, him, she, her. One of them, one of them has nuts. If you need me to tell you which one, keep buying from Hershey's. But if you know what a woman is and you love chocolate, Go to IHateHershey's.com, which is, of course, great. Goes direct, redirects to the Jeremy's Razors website. Um, you know, Daily Wire has built a reputation for big responses to woke corporations and institutions. Of course, signing Gina Carano to Proust and Star and Terror on the Prairie after she was canceled by Disney. And in March of last year, Boring launched Jeremy's Razors in response to Harry's Razors, declaring they would pull ads from the Daily Wire in response to a Daily Wire host articulating traditional views on gender. The people asked and we answered, Boring said, thank you to Jeremy's Chocolate. You could stop eating chocolate that hates you now. Harry's Razors hates you, Disney hates you, and now Hershey's hates you. As long as corporations and institutions across America continue to alienate half the country, Daily Wire will continue building alternatives. Stop giving your money to woke chocolate companies that hate you. Pre, uh, boring previously revealed that more than a hundred thousand chocolate bars have been sold in the first twelve hours of launch. That's, I mean, you just gotta give it up. I mean, you just gotta give it. You, know, you gotta give it up to them. And so, credit where credit is due. Congratulations to Daily Wire. Gotta give you your flowers on this. Very, very smart. Very, very savvy. And that's why they're at the top. And next up, Elon Musk forced to use bodyguards in the bathroom as Twitter mocks him. I guess it's popular for ex-employees of Twitter, in particular, probably the ones that are getting laid off, to uh, spill the beans on Elon Musk. And it certainly seems that a lot of them continue to strongly dislike the man, probably with good reason, given that many of them had been fired. But also it seems that the ideology inside of Twitter, the infection that is the ideology that was promoted there over years, really is uh, rotten to the core. And just like Twitter's code, which continuously is uh, breaking because it's so fragile, uh, it seems like they're probably going to have to rebuild that from the ground up just as much as they're going to have to build up all of their uh, employees from scratch. Now you see this uh, um, uh, uh, William Legate, uh, interesting, uh, has a mask in his profile photo, saying uh, Elon Musk now has bodyguards flank him everywhere inside of Twitter headquarters, including accompanying him to the bathroom. He is reportedly paranoid that someone in the company may go rogue and stage a coup. I'm not actually sure if that's how coups work. Um, I don't think if you beat up the boss that you get the company. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Um, but obviously the replies are full of people 
celebrating this happy downward spiral. Um, you know, it's afraid, you know, all this kind of stuff, weakest man on earth, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, what's interesting. And then they go, fun fact. I once met Elon years ago at a nylon after party at Coachella and Leonardo DiCaprio was there stumbling drunk to the bar as was practically every A-list celeb. Elon was the only one there who had security and was with a girl of questionable. Yeah, that's a, I, I am, that seems like a, uh, quite a claim to make. Um, and what's interesting is, uh, these people are so obsessed, like with the orange man bad, he's the new orange man to them. Uh, and you see a Twitter engineer says at least two bodyguards accompany Elon Musk around Twitter headquarters, even to the restroom. I, I don't blame him. Elon Musk is a company around Twitter. The engineer who spoke to the BBC on the uh, condition of anonymity to protect their employment said that their bodyguards were bulky and tall, like from a Hollywood movie. Wow. Bodyguards that were big and strong. What a, what a weird thing. It's not uncommon for high-flying executives and CEOs to be accompanied by bodyguards or for companies to spend considerable amounts of money providing them with security. The engineer said that he thought Musk's use of bodyguards inside Twitter's headquarters in San Francisco suggested a lack of trust in the company's employees. Well, yeah, no kidding. I wouldn't trust half these people either. I think that like, what's interesting is you just proved his point. Why are you tattling about your boss? Like you don't want to get fired. Uh, go ahead and uh, put your name behind it. You know, like the idea that you know you're oh you're doing something really bold by whining about your boss behind it. Like, quit your job and leave. Then Musk's father said in January that he feared for his son's safety, even though he was protected by a hundred security guards. Musk had upgraded Arrow's security system for their South Africa home with 24-hour armed guards, cameras, electric fencing. Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Meta, was handed an annual personal security allowance of $14 million, according to recent disclosure, with the U.S. SEC. This covers staff equipment, residential improvements to help keep Zuckerberg and his family safe, according to the filing. Shortly after acquiring Twitter in October, Musk laid off hundreds of the company's employees as part of a broad cost-cutting drive. He tweeted in May that owning Twitter probably won't increase my life expectancy. He was responding to a Twitter user who said that Musk should add more security guards to his team. I mean, the idea that the the man feels unsafe, physically unsafe in his own, you know, the company he owns probably tells you there's a lot uh, that we don't see that like he's genuinely concerned for his own safety. Twitter has also had more frequent technical glitches in recent weeks. It's become a breeding ground for fake accounts and bots. The platform is also increasingly becoming home to trolling and hateful conduct. There's nobody taking care of it. An engineer told the BBC. So this is the same leftist. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I, for one, obviously would say that, you know, Twitter has gotten more aggressive, I think, but it's also a function of maybe some of the energy that I put out there or have put out there. Right. So, you know, it's a rod of my own making, so to speak. 
in this particular case anyway. But yeah, I'd say Twitter's gotten a little rougher. I I still don't know like what a bot account is, like uh, who's a bot, who's not a bot, all this kind of stuff because it's hard to tell. Like it's just hard to tell because I I, I don't. They, I look and they follow me. I mean, I know sometimes when I see like, oh, uh, Google this term or like Elon typed this tweet or it's like some random crypto stuff, but I've never really had a lot of that, but I also don't have a huge account. So that, you know, that could certainly be part of it for someone on the inside. It's like a building where all the pieces are on fire. One identified Twitter employee said to the BBC as part of an investigation published Monday. The employee revealed that San Francisco-based social media company is in a state of chaos and many people in charge of creating, maintaining its security features that curb 60% of Twitter's trolling have been fired. I don't know that getting rid of trolling is really a, an important issue. I, I just, I don't think it is, at least not for my, I mean, certainly, you know, it seems like there's, I'm more concerned with like the animosity and like kind of the general anger um, that seems to be whipping itself up more and more, myself included. You know, I had something of a meltdown myself over the weekend. Um, it says a totally new person without expertise is doing what used to be done by more than 20 people. The employee told the BBC that leaves room for much more risk. Many more possibilities of things that can go wrong. Even in the safety front, many features meant to protect users no longer work like they did before. Musk became chief twit because there's no one assigned to them. Lisa Jennings was head of Twitter's content design responsible for introducing safety features that guarded users from hateful content. When she was laid off after Musk's acquisition, his team members, all of whom were fired since Musk's takeover, had designed the nudge feature that alerted users if their posts included trigger words or hateful language. I still see that occasionally. So I, I don't know if that, if you could say that that doesn't work. I, I, I think it does work. I mean, I've never reacted to it like, oh, I should probably reword this tweet. Um, that's weird. You know, that's a weird thing to do. Overall, 60% of users deleted or edited their reply when given a chance through the nudge. Oh, that's actually higher numbers than I expected. But it's also the implication, I think, when you see that, that maybe you're going to catch a ban or break terms of service. I don't think I've ever changed my tweet um, because of that pop-up. I've only seen it a few times. I think like if you put a bunch of swears in there or something like that, it does that. There's no one to work on at that time amid disorderly environment. The Twitter employees who have said the company was on fire told BBC that when Musk is in the office, he always has two bodyguards with him, like in a Hollywood movie. They escort him everywhere, including the restroom. Um, you know, this is all basically Twitter insiders. We can't protect users from trolling under Musk. And I just, I don't think Elon Musk cares about that. I genuinely don't. Um, I don't think most users care about that. Uh, I think that my own viewers troll me all the time. And like, that's okay. It's funny. That's a part of, of Twitter. That's a part of, you know, being a content creator. And usually if you're not being oh, like super emotional or something like that, you can see it, you can tell when it's coming. So, you know, I will say that, you know, Twitter has been rough, um, 
I, I've really been rethinking my Twitter Blue subscription because I, you know, I don't use any of the features. You see, B breaking BBC was trolled by insiders. P.S. is a very simple way how to protect yourself from trolls on Twitter and the simple how to use the block button or to leave the platform or to put your phone down. All these things. I mean, the idea that we that Twitter was spending money to protect people from trolls uh, seems like a huge waste of money, but I suppose that's just one man's opinion. And last up today, Adam Sessler has epic meltdown when old offensive video resurfaces. An old friend of the show, well, old anti-friend of the show, Adam Sessler was getting cancelled over the weekend, and I saw him trending a couple times, and I wasn't exactly sure what in the heck was going on. Well, it turns out a really inconvenient old video popped up, and the left leftist Twitter um, wasn't very happy with Mr. Sessler. And you know what? I understand it. Look, it's an old video. It's 15 years old. I don't even think it's that offensive, I guess, unless there's something else. I mean, we're going to take a look at it. But this is your people, right? This is this is what the left does. They, 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 they pretend to be outraged, selective outrage. And the whole thing is really, really bizarre. So Adam tweeted, I'm willing to be your racist today, just as I have been your addict, your censor, your homophobe time and again. It seems to serve a purpose, and I have no ima image. I wait, and I have no image I care to maintain. That I'll let it run the same course as it does all the others. Of course, Christian Christina Tasty tweeting. Uh, Adam Selzer, by his own admission, made up a group of people in his head that represent gamers, so he could accuse them of racism over minor disagreements. Now, in defense of a video that hasn't aged well. He's admitting that he's a racist despite that fictional group. For context, Sessler had said that he comes he comes up with the definition himself. He's flipped through the script this time, flipped the script this time to straight up to say that he is, of course, racist. The clip is old. He could have apologized or just gone, it was a different time, but he went out and decided that he was going to call himself racist, I guess. What is this clip? I hit Adam Sessler actually putting on yellow face for unironically and can't go any further. I don't want to know how much worse it gets. Let's see. Wait, is that him? It doesn't look like him at all. Those aren't them. I don't get it. I I don't. Follow me as I follow Shad through the streets of Tokyo, Japan. I'm your Nobel translator, Extreme Kevin. I don't. Hello, oh. Shad Grimgravy, your astral navigator through the archipelagos of Hypnotica. When health is low and life looks short, a power up these merely a what? choking hazard in our terrestrial worlds. He I don't even understand why is this offensive. 
he's actually not like in yellow face. I thought maybe he had actually like. Does he say Here, something? Give sweet, sweet rejuvenation, lotion, pheromone, rotor. I don't. Salaciousness awaits around every corner in this game. I don't get it. Of Tokyo. Wasabi. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I I guess. So do do they have a problem with um? What's the other one? Um 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 um, um the don't get eliminated. MX. MX something, MX. I, I when I say MXR, I always think of the YouTube channel now. But it was um MXC. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. He's not even trying to talk like he's Japanese or whatever. Here's a look at a Japanese commercial for X Play that started running here last week. What the? <laughs> I don't get it. Ooh, nice. I don't... Okay. That's all it is? This is what went. This is what went viral. Five hundred thousand likes. I don't think Japanese people are this soft. I suspect that this person. Oh, maybe they are Japanese. I was like, I suspect this person is probably not even Japanese, but it looks like there there is. I don't even get it. Like you don't need to be so sensitive. The Japanese stereotype Americans all the time. Oh yeah, the Japanese stereo the the Japanese stereotype Americans all the time in anime. There's blackface still. You don't have to be offended on behalf of everyone or expect someone to apologize for something ten years ago. Yeah, I mean like this is the reaction. This is like a non this is I mean, does anybody even care? G4 reboot failed because it wasn't racist. You hate X play. Oh wait, the offensive the only offensive thing about this that the is that the jokes weren't funny. Um, Garage Mystic. I don't know. They'd follow me though, so shout out. The same Western journalists now want everyone to be canceled and call everyone. Yeah, I mean, th this is the the funny thing. Like G four really was a Kotaku vault. Thank God the revival failed. Is this why Western game journalists pretend to be against racism now because of this? Also, this is an issue with board games as well. Games from Japan hardly get any press. Well, that's not racism. Um. It's also about a market. This is so weird. And like Adam's meltdown, like, like you see, some people weren't around when JRPGs were being dragged by mainstream gaming press and have no clue why some devs felt slighted by the term. So I just want to take you to this 2006 Baton Kaitos Origins review from X-Play as an example. Um, and then Adam wrote, dude is angry. I didn't like his consumer boner simulator in 2006. A truer gamer there never was. I mean, I guess I, this is the weirdest. Like, I mean, it's hilarious to me um, <laughs> that like, let's see, Tark's gauntlet. I'm trying to under, and he just self canceled. He's just like, no, yep. I'm racist. Yep. Yep, that's it. Like that that's that's Tark's gauntlet.
Okay. Hopefully they don't tweet all the time. Okay. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Here's a... This one has a million plays. And we all know who will replace us. India, that billion-strong faux-vegetarian tech support call-taking behemoth of a nation. Whoa! The Chinese. But certainly not Japan, because while they may be technologically advanced and financially powerful, they're already in decline. You want proof? Here's Batin Kaito's origins. Well, I guess that was pretty spicy. I mean, that was pretty spicy. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know anything about the game, but that was pretty spicy. Right, this story. Let me guess. Probably a young hero with some sort of memory problem who's fighting a vastly overwhelming emo fascio magical empire. Cliche burden boy of action who will save us all is named Sagi. Rhymes with Saki. Saki! Which I could use a lot of right now. Saki! Saki! Uh, and apparently nothing oh. says prequel like improved breast physics on the shopkeepers. Sagi! Saki! Nice. Sagi! Saki! Will you shut up about Sagi? Sagi! Saki! 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 Baden Kaido's origin is an RPG for the GameCube. That about says it all. So they didn't like the game, but that was a pretty spicy uh, opener, I guess. Um, I, I, it's if this is you know not this is about normal for Adam Sessler. You know, like former G4 host Adam Sessler goes on deranged multi-day tirade against gamers. He really has not been doing awesome. I mean, certainly I know a thing or two about going on bizarre unhinged rants on Twitter, but it just seems really weird to me uh, that this is like, what is going on with Adam Susser? What's going on with the left? Like, just they're just going to cancel their own now. It's self-canceling. It's, it's just so much easier, I guess, than taking a responsibility. I don't really see anything in there that is like really, really horrible. I mean, it's pretty stereotypy in like a cringe way. But I wouldn't exactly say it's like super offensive. That other intro is <laughs> the intro to that that review is pretty spicy. Um, but Adam Sussler running around with a wispy mu curly mustache. Uh, I mean, I guess you could cancel yourself over it. Nobody's gonna miss Adam Sussler. I mean, I think that he's uh, one of the worst uh, people in the world, in like in general. Uh, I think he really hasn't tweeted anything today. That's Oh, yeah, he's been going off. He's reading. At the end of the day, my only regret I'll admit to publicly is I spent as much time as life as I did in the thrall, such an insepid culture and audience. This is what he put out last night. You can't see it because it's in a, a private window, but I love the games and game design, but the rest is an orgy of desperation that I wasted decades on. So he just really really hates gamers like final thought on the uh final thought on the latest alt-right cause celebi progressive knee-jerk catharsis i'm not your monkey i'm not going to participate in these meaningless shrags of public rebuke i mean he's getting completely he's getting completely demolished it's what a weird 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 time to be on the internet but it's Adam Sussler, so it could have happened to a better person. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it, and we'll talk to you again real soon.